I'm Mike Breen, Public Awareness Officer for the American Mathematical Society, and I'm talking with Lydia Bariba from MIT, and we'll continue in part two talking about her group's research. In order to discover these things, you had to analyze a lot of video. Is that right? Did you have one person sneezing a thousand times or a thousand people sneezing once? Or, <laughs> or what did you do? Well, yes. So uh, video analysis was part of the of the mission. So I didn't have thousands of sneezers, but uh, I had various subjects and various sneezes for various subjects. And the idea was to try to isolate really the main physical picture that seemed to dominate these effects. So of course, you're going to have some variation from one individual to the other, but the advantage or the richness of using physical modeling and mathematics in trying to capture these effects is trying to see how can we come up with a model that is complex enough but yet simple enough to capture the first order or the dominant mechanism in such a complicated problem. Because if one starts thinking about all the details that could vary from one individual to the other and the details of the biology, and it seems like an overwhelming problem. And really the power of bringing in a physical modeling and mathematical models is trying to see how much we can simplify this problem and capture it in a simple possible model that would still capture the first order dynamics and then test those models against experiments that are well controlled. So I had direct visualizations of sneezes and coughs in humans, but then when the uh, physical model and the equations were formulated to test their validity, I also complemented that with lab experiments where I simulated an ejection of sneeze or coughs in another type of fluid that was more controlled and validated the mathematical modeling before then converting back to the parameter space that was that governing sneezes and coughs. So it's this back and forth between direct observation, mathematical formulation of what seems to dominate the problem, and then the validation of that model against controlled experiments that brings the uh, sort of the advantage of this approach in the sense that we can really trust the first order dynamics captured by the equations. And what future research do you have planned? So my research team in general is focused at trying to understand better the dynamics of contact and transmission that we use systematically in mathematical modeling of epidemiology and disease spread. And for that, I use fluid dynamics to try to inform these processes of disease transmission and contact dynamics. And so in all the different problems I'm looking at, whether they are respiratory disease transmission or I'm also looking at foliar disease transmission, waterborne disease transmission, nosocomial diseases, all of them involve the presence of fluids and various additives or various properties of that fluid, various configurations, but all involving surface tension in the sense that I'm looking at the process that would lead to the creation of droplets and the selection of their sizes and their pathogen load and how far they could go. So that's the commonality between all the projects that I have that are at the end all trying to answer really what governs ultimately the contact and transmission process from a physical point of view uh, and what fluids and mathematical modeling can help us understand better in those processes. Well, like we mentioned with surface tension, how it's kind of an important thing by itself, the same way with the transmission of, of pathogens or diseases that, of course, that's very important to people. And, and it sounds like not as well understood as, as we'd hope. 
Yes, it, it, it's really surprising once you start thinking about where surface tension is acting in this new class of problems in the sense that it is the intersection of fluids and epidemiology and you start seeing all these effects in coming up in so many ways because you can think of it really affecting even in the trachea during the coughs and sneezes, the break process of the mucus and then the dynamics of the saliva ejection but then also when you're bringing in potentially contaminated particulates or aerosols, their interaction also with the the mucus and the saliva and their physical properties could also be affected by various surface tension effects. If a droplet deposits somewhere, then surface tension is going to come in in determining also the final shape of the object after evaporation or that droplet. So it really comes in in the full range of spatial and temporal scales of the contact and transmission dynamics of diseases that involve transport indoors from one person to another. And very, very little is understood about these processes. Is there anything you'd like to add? Well, thank you for having me, and I would like to add that I would encourage any <laughs> incoming students to continue in you know, applied mathematics or mathematics in general, because I really think that the language of mathematics in general is something that is continuously growing in terms of impacting the biological and health fields, and I, I am hoping that the next generations will contribute even more in understanding the very, very complex biological systems that are out there with the methods of physical mathematics and mathematical modeling. All right. That was Lydia Bariba, a physical applied mathematician who was talking about the work she did in the departments of mathematics and civil and environmental engineering at MIT. Lydia, thank you. Thank you very much.